to why you why do you do this? why do I do this <laughs> for nothing it's a hobby yeah <laughs> um that is a good question so I had a I still have a friend in Christchurch called Nikki who was a head chef and um and every time she spoke about food and being a chef I just thought oh this is so great and I wish I could share that with other people and then um, and I always thought, oh, maybe one day I could do like a book or something, conversation with chef. And then I moved to Melbourne and I started writing for the North Sider, which was. Um, oh yes, yeah. And um, thank you. And once a month I'd do a conversation with a chef of a chef from the North Side. Okay. Um, and then Anita just said it's quite a good concept. Why don't you open it up to, you know, like have your own website and do all chefs? And I thought, yeah. yes, great. Let me do all the chefs. <laughs> so now I've got. Maybe like about 170 chefs. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a, you know, like you can't really, it's so many. Oh. There are so many. Do you live around here? So I live in Abbotsford. Okay. um, And I'm a French teacher, so I was interested in seeing your your background as well and love of French and history and so on. So I've got a PhD in medieval French literature, but I teach French and, um, and I love food. And so it just seemed to... I love hearing other people talk about food and... Wow, can I just ask you about the medieval French? Can I just... Ask you about that. Yeah. Um, so that, what is, what would that, like Victor Hugo? Right? No, so no, it's way before, way before that. Yeah, so it's like um, my authors are writing around the end of the 12th century, so like around 1180. And um, so I was looking at the way the um, the way the writers wrote. In, uh, so it's Francais Ancien. So it is ancien, that's right. Yeah, so I had to read my text um, and first of all decipher them. And um, yeah. yeah, it was good. It was a long time ago now. But, yeah. You'd have like crazy primary texts that you'd work. Like, that's fascinating. Yeah, so I looked at one that was like a, um, a religious one, which was the Joseph d'Arimative, who yeah. you know, supposedly collected Christ's blood and so yeah. had the twice hallowed. Um, chalice and so on and then um, a secular one about a knight riding around the countryside and saving beautiful yeah, women and, that have, yeah that have all kinds of um, interesting kind of religious everything would be tight, tight well only they, their idea at that time was that only God could create something new so it was blasphemous yeah. to come up with new ideas so yeah. the art for them was in how you adapted what had already what was in the Bible or what was in the canon so like Homer's yeah. Odyssey and all that kind of stuff so yeah so that's why I kind of looked at their techniques and so on but yeah <laughs> Wow, what a what a subject! Yeah, um, I'm descended from French Huguenot, so that's oh like, wow, yeah, pretty, okay. But that's way after, you know, obviously way after that. But so, and is that why you were interested in French? No, things, well, or? I um, at, I actually had no idea what I was going to do sort of after school, um, and my parents didn't want me to do art or anything. I was interested in sort of artistic stuff, but they were like, "That's not job, <laughs> sort of career." So. Um, I I just randomly saw a friend of mine was going to go to a chef school, very good French chef school in uh, Stellenbosch, which is our huge wine region. Um, and uh, I was like, well, I'll give this a go because it, it looked the right amount of artsy, but I could I could still my my parents would still go, okay, you know, you're kind of this looks sort of like tertiary education. <laughs> yeah. um, they're still pretty not, you know, not impressed that I wasn't going to uni, but um, I decided to do that. She uh, didn't do it eventually. So um, they base themselves on the CIA in America, the, the Culinary Institute of America. And uh, they use the, the same cane and everything. And you train completely in, in classical French mm. cooking. Um, and I found it really hard to train in classical French cooking. Mm. Um, 
without actually understanding French. Well, yeah. Yeah, and and I guess I was I was pretty sort of maybe just really fascinated with French culture and mm. this kind of completely um, something that was really unusual. Now, 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 I suppose it's not. But the fact that every region is so particularly, we only do this here. And if you ask them about something else that you just think is French, they're like, "Well, I'm not from there, so I don't know." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they don't care either. They're like, well, "You go ask them. Like, just go. You know, like, you want to know about Carneles? Just go to Santimilion and go ask them. Like, we yeah. don't do that. Yeah, you know? we do something else. Yeah, you know? exactly. Get, you know, get to Breton or whatever. And I was absolutely astounded how you could squish that amount of concentrated but different culture into one in one country and I mean all of Europe is really like that and it was so different from South Africa mm. and, and my upbringing definitely in South Africa that I was just so so fascinated um, so then carried on cooking and when I qualified as a chef I was like I don't really know if I want to do this. So I went to university oh. <laughs> and just carried on working part-time as a chef um, and did a course in um, uh, Le Francais des Affaires. So, but it's uh, like African, African business. You can do business everywhere in Africa. Mm. Um, it's a whole different story the way the French is spoken there and it's obviously really infused with all the local languages mm. and the way business is con- it's conducted is very serious African kind of, you know, way to it. Wow. Um, which is also really interested in, um, I'm also very interested in, cl- in, in classics. Mm. So Homer, mm. um, Vigil, the, the, the whole lot. Um, and mythology and and writing as well okay, yeah, yeah which which I'm which I lo- absolutely love um, and eventually sort of decided if I could I'd really like to become a food historian mm. um, because that kind of blends a lot of the things I like um, however to try to be in a university in South Africa and just even try and it's, it's just impossible to really pursue a career mm. like that um, and that is also a, it's, a, it's a dying you have to have done academia for years to really eventually go and do what I wanted to do mm. I think now I need to do sort of food politics and yeah. that's sort of the new it's avenue it's become quite big isn't it and um, so finished the degree anyway <laughs> and then went full time English I think when I worked in London met my husband there uh, decided we'll, I'll give Australia a shot. He wasn't very, very, imp- you know, kind of keen to give South Africa a shot. So here I am. Yeah. And then uh, we sta- We were here for about five years before we found this site. Yeah. Um, lots of them fell through before we found this. Uh, and yeah. It's such are. an institution, and I am so embarrassed. <laughs> I've never been here, and I keep thinking I've got to go there one day. I'm going to go to neighbourhood and. It, because everyone's going, I can't believe you haven't. You would love it so I much. Think it's, I think it's, it's like one of those neighbourhood things. If you don't kind of hang out yeah. on that side. Yeah. Just, I, I was just talking to T. I have never been to anchovy. Like, oh. I've spoken to T. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. It's just because I live 
up here. That's it. And, and even, I have no reason. And it's all inner, <laughs> and Abbotsford is so close. But yeah. somehow getting to here, just with traffic and yeah. so on, just seems... I just, in your mind, you're like, oh, I couldn't be asked. No, yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, it, it, that, it's a lot of people are like, I'm like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's a, that's quite... Um, a nice thing to say an institution <laughs> it is an institution um, and I can see yeah. why people say I would love it I do love it already just from the day yeah we, we work hard on the lived in look yeah the balance between lived in and not too lived in I suppose one of my favourite places in Christchurch is um, the Wonder Bar over in Littleton, and it's this okay. very quirky bar that overlooks Littleton Harbour. So you've kind of got some amazing view of the, well, the volcano plug, really, um, with the sea and the harbour. And then you've got all this very, like, well, like this, very lived in, and there's a bit more kitsch than this, but yeah. Yeah, I get, yeah we actually started off extremely kitsch, and we're, we're moving more into like really obscure kind of. Simon's big into like astro art and yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of them are really weird backstories, um, strange Bob Ross inspired kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess we kind of, the room sort of tells us what it needs. Nice. And often the people who work here, the staff, they're like, you should really, Ted's very good with that, mm. like, you should put that there and look for it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so although, um, you might not necessarily have initially decided to be a chef and, and fought against it for a while. Obviously, you've really embraced it now because it's, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah well, I've, now I've been cooking for nearly 20 years, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yes, I guess, I mean, I had my first cookbook when I was five. Yeah. So I've, I was cooking at home a lot, and I, my mom is a, is a phenomenal cook, and my, my grandmother's were. Um, and big into preserving we lived on a farm mm. and and pretty far away from from just find you know like having access to in fact it's still hard to find lettuce unless you grow, you grow your own okay, where well. from so it's um kind of growing stuff is sort of what we do mm. my, my folks are still back on the farm and my brothers um and then yeah there's just the sort of genuine interest in cooking that I now see a lot of my peers that they did my husband like they just didn't have it in their no, family yeah um which I'm I, I'm pretty um privileged well I think um, that you are and I think yeah. that it's interesting because I had a chat to Annie Smithers I've actually had a couple of chats to Annie I love her she's got yes. two family yeah. and um and she was saying that she because she does all the classes and she said it's yeah. just incredible now um you know, the generation below her and then, you know, um, and keeping on going down is just that lack of confidence with food, really. Because on one hand, you have MasterChef yes. and all that kind of thing where anything's possible. But it is so but, far removed from actual cooking. But, the actual, but so far yeah. removed. And then people at home just have sort of almost, an almost fear of what they yeah. might do with food and just even the simplest things. And I was thinking, gosh, yeah, that's really interesting. She's great, though, because I said to her, oh, you know, because what you do is an art. And she went, no, you know, it's a trade like any other, you know. It's I, absolutely, I uh, you know what, it's absolutely a trade. Yeah. Um, and I, I wish it was artistic and I like, um, I love painting and, I, t- and I, I knit and I crochet and I do a lot of things with my hands. But I don't, and I've seen a lot of people at the interview, a lot of them I think are far more like um, Riviera, the guy from May. Yeah, John, yeah. Him. Um, what the, what they do is, I think, far more artistic than, for example, what I do. Like, 
my cooking is probably from a different um, place. Yeah. Um, and I think also just when you teach people, you, you realize this is, a, this is a trade that I'm teaching someone. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of it that when we write down a recipe, they, um, they don't, like I've got a Mexican chef right now, unless you show her, she does not understand what I meant, is even though I just kind of ran it through the recipe. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if you just had someone with an artistic bent who read the brief, they were like, oh yeah, I can come up with this. But it's not, they had to still produce something mm. that was, you know, theoretically fits with what that recipe mm. sort of asks for. Um, and tastes good. That's right. Yeah. So, in I think in that in that respect, it's a, it's a trade. Well, I think well, it's interesting. I think the pendulum has there's definitely a place for the those that do very decorative things and, and play with the food a bit more. But I think that that people are really craving um, coming out and eating rustic or traditional food or food that's just you know um, yeah a bit perhaps more closer to the ingredient that it was made from. Um, I'm not saying they don't do that, but I just think people are crying out for that. We want yeah. authenticity. I think I think it's probably connection. it's become a bit more of a trend. Like you can still you can employ a lot of the more modern techniques, um, but yeah, I guess it's reflected in in the way we cook in the kitchen and mm. then the the way we play. Like it's just not a, there's a certain style that you adhere to if you kind of follow that more modern. Mm. Um, avenue I'm I'm pretty old school I've had people who just quit because they don't I don't do things that they see as as they can learn like I don't sous vide at all um, and I don't there's a lot uh, yeah no no immersions uh, circulators none of that kind of stuff mm. no backpacking um, everything is 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 preserved in some way or we just don't do it mm. um, I've only this year started like using a dehydrator and stuff like that because okay. there are some things that you simply just can't it's it is it's just the way we cook now mm. and a lot of them a lot of those preserving methods are healthier than a lot of things I used to do a lot of super South African things where things are like uh, like almost Italian boiled for almost 14 days in sugar and now look we've got like a mustard fruity kind of thing okay wow but I'm moving away from that very heavy kind of sugar preserving yeah. very heavy vinegar preserving maybe kind of trying to preserve things and keep it healthier which is just I guess the way I eat mm. it's also this area I think is, mm. is super conscious of that sort of thing um, and and I make no excuse to the chefs that the people that I that I think are are, are the best cooks out there are, are Annie Smithers and Stephanie Alexander, Marcella Hazan, um, places like Zuni Cafe, like really River Cafe. More really, it's a very different style of cooking and coming mm. from a very different place. Um, and I guess they're just people who do the same thing but it's different styles yeah yeah but it's very dividing like some people are really? like this is oh, not interesting you know like you need to update this a bit and I'm like I'm not on purpose no yeah um, so your menu um how often would you does it stay almost daily <laughs> oh wow okay yeah. It's, yeah great and that's um, just from your own yeah. um, repertoire of recipes or you're inspired to be by... quite honest I do have a a, a repertoire in yeah. my head but I um 
rely very heavily on sort of collaborative cooking with the chefs. Um, that I really like it when there are chefs from different backgrounds um, to work with. So, and I really like that I have, to, I have two sous chefs. One cooks from a super Italian point of view mm. um, and the other chef from a sort of a more Spanish point of view. Uh, and then Sen is Mexican, so I could never know everything she knows about chilies. Mm. Or, um, or uh, Courtney's sort of knowledge of pasta. Or So there, there, there's so much to know about cooking. I don't think you could ever tell someone that, you know, I think I pretty much know everything. <laughs> you really don't. Like, yeah. there's always something that you don't... Um, there's a really basic book that came out last year, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, mm. which I'm sure... This is a... It's supposed to be a basic book, and when you page through it, you're like, oh, my soul, there's, like, all the stuff here that... Oh, yeah, that's a thing, that's a thing. There's so much knowledge. It's just... And it changes, and... Uh, it's... I, I need other people to kind of go, hey, what do you think of this? Like, mm. I like your idea, but how about if you look at it like this? Um, I'm just not the kind of chef that goes, okay, guys, these are my ideas. Can you cook this now? Like, yeah. I don't do that. So I guess uh, then this is like a really um, holistic hospitality, like the way that you've set it up with the room and so on has is, is got that really homely, lived-in feel, and then your cooking is like what people would have done back in the day, working together like the... The mothers and the daughters yeah, and the grandmothers like they and the aunties. Have, they and have full, uh, I'll go, this is kind of what I want the dish to look like. If you guys, now that I've got a baby, I go home about five o'clock and they're the ones who have to do the dish doing service. Mm. And if there's something doing service that they go, this isn't working or this is better like this, they have full authority to change it and tell me, listen, we changed it like this last night because... Um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm just not the kind of the kind of chef that goes. I also can't work those kind of eighty hour weeks no. where you have to you have to work those weeks because you have to check everything and make sure that they do everything your yeah. way. Yeah, time. yeah. Um, yeah, it's still, I'm not I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in kind of having people who who enjoy their jobs and yeah. like working for me. And you, then you just get so much more information from people mm. you can see like they enjoy coming to work coming to work earlier yeah like, um, but that's yeah. what you want as a diner as well I mean I have this this crazy idea because I read that book um, like Water for Chocolate and it talks about the woman who oh, yes. pours all her emotions into the food and you know tears yeah and the tears into the wedding cake it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do feel as though whatever's happening in the kitchen or the people that are making it that we must it must be passed through somehow and um and I spoke to Daniel at Citrico and he was saying he starts back from like the sun coming and making yeah. the plant and, the, and this whole cycle of and then, and then we get yeah. to enjoy those products and he gets to do things with them. I was thinking, I just think that's such a beautiful image and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you, I mean, so if this is your job and you have all these people bringing all this beautiful stuff in, like t- on a Friday, everyone just bring, they bring the organics, they bring all the cheeses and it, like, I'm like, this is great. Like I just get to stand here and everyone's bringing me all this awesome stuff and you can get quite carried away, you know, and you're, and, 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 and you can let yourself get, I mean, you can let yourself get carried away. And I think that's what people get quite addicted to that. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is what I get to do for my job. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. Like, like today, today was one of those days. I just had these incredible tomatoes and things coming in and I was like, 
this is so cliche, Elmo. Like you're standing here, like looking at these tomatoes and the zucchini flowers, and but it is it's phenomenal. Um, it's phenomenal cooking in Melbourne and being able to mm. to just stand here and everyone brings it to you and you. I don't want to do too much to it. Like why would I? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that's why I cook like that and why I'm still cooking like that <laughs> well yeah. i spoke to the guy young guy at an oh my restaurant um out oh yes, Beaconsfield, yeah. and he was pretty much the, because he's growing all of his own like he's yeah they're pretty intense on, yeah, they? yeah. And, um, and we did the um the conversation that she's walking around the garden which is okay, like cool the most meticulously like he, he runs the garden like he runs his kitchen so he's yeah, got very... diagrams he knows where everything is and he said he knows what's gone into that vegetable, and it's so perfect on his own. He doesn't he doesn't like to do too much to yeah. it either. I was thinking it's such an interesting idea, isn't it? That that relationship with the and Annie's the same with growing a lot of her things. Is that she said you've got more respect for the vegetable. You don't know yeah. there's, no, there's less wastage and there's more appreciation. Well, if you've actually gone and done a bit of, uh, I only grow leaves for our kitchen here. But if you've spent some time watering them, you're like, I get very annoyed with them if they're like, oh, the ones at the. I'm like, guys, yeah, <laughs> you have no idea how much time yeah. went into that. It gives it there's some accountability for food waste, which yeah. is great. I yeah. think. Um, yeah, I think that's. I don't know if I don't have the time to do that, but it would be oh. awesome. We've got a baby now as well. That must yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> that makes things a little harder, but yeah, she uh, she grows up here a lot. Yeah. So, oh, amazing. Um, hopefully we can kind of just keep that going for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the writing side of things? Do you still get to do any writing, or you probably? Um, I've done some writing for. There's a journal called Red Wine and Thou. Mm. Yossi. So I've I've done a bit of writing for Yossi, and I've done a little bit of blogging. But honestly, there are just I'm interested in so many different things. It's just too many, <laughs> yeah. very too many, too many things. And I feel honestly, the kitchen mentally exhausts me a lot. And especially now that I have a baby, like mm. I'm mentally exhausted. Um, especially, I there's definitely a lot of pressure to just constantly come up with stuff that the people are not going to kind of slam Um, especially online we feel a lot of heat like when people don't like something there's a repercussion online immediately and I think a lot of chefs are like how can I yes you all you're thinking about a lot of the times is how can I not avoid that scenario yeah and um that that's mentally exhausting often yeah, that is. um and then i to then switch over into a writing a kind of a writing mode it's mm. more of a academic type. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah um i still do all the reading sorry gastronomica all, all that kind of stuff to really keep to keep up with what's going on but actually writing yeah no. just no time no. yeah I'd rather I'd rather just go home and set set knitting or do crocheting yeah. or gardening, yes. painting. Um, well, there's a lot. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, you can. You've got a really busy day and the, and the family as well. And I think I'm I do, you know. Often try and squeeze more, and uh, but I'm not doing academic writing now. I just where do I'm you going, where do you teach at Campbell Girls? 
grandma. Oh, okay. So I think as teachers, our mind, my mind's always going, so I'm thinking, how can I make it better for the girls and how can I make them understand the subjunctive and, yeah. um, and how can I, you know, come up with ex- interesting activities yeah. and then you're doing marking and preparing them for VCE and all that kind of thing. And, and then I do love writing, so I do a little bit of writing for broadsheet and concrete playground. It's a different style yeah. of writing now. And, um, and so I love doing conversations with Chef because I'm hearing other people's stories yeah. rather than my own. Um, but I knit as well. That's yeah. like a, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I love knitting and watching Netflix. And then my partner bought me a flute at Christmas. So now, and I used to play when I was a teenager. So now I've thrown Another flute thing. lessons into the mix. And it's just like, sometimes you're like, oh. But that's good because that's a whole different part of your. I'm sure your it's going to counteract, you know, um, yeah. my, losing my having dementia or something. But I don't know. We'll see. No, I, I, musical, cannot do that. That is not my thing. <laughs> I wish, but maybe it's good because then I won't add yeah, Well, you don't need more things. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, that would be great if I could do that. And it would be great if I could, I'd like to go and study um, food policy, food, food politics. Yes. Uh, food security. Yeah. Very interested in that subject. And especially, I think, coming from South Africa um, and still being quite in touch with how, how things work in South Africa and um, even a bit further to the north, like, for example, what this uh, hurricane's just done to Zimbabwe and Malawi. Mm. I think that's why I appreciate this so much because you don't know, you just don't know how shit things can get. No. Like, you, you have no idea what it's like to live somewhere and you can buy frozen chicken of no provenance in a bag in the bottom of a freezer somewhere you have no refrigeration and some potatoes and that's it that's yeah. that's that's what's available there's there's no food because there's no transport there's no security and um i'm very interested in how in what's going to happen to mm. to those countries like yeah. here everyone there's a lot of kind of you know everyone's kind of i feel arguing about a lot of sort of first world things like the you know the green the greeniness of everything and the food miles Mm. um of course it's super important and we have the privilege to argue about that stuff but there are places in the world where they're wondering where they're going to get fresh water and stuff so yeah that's just another another avenue of the whole food thing that i'm interested in um yeah, that, and and I guess just going back there, like South Africa has no the electricity is there's no electricity no. at the minute. So, um, just kind of how my parents and my brothers how they cope with not being able to refrigerate or freeze or yeah, that's yeah, it's a big mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big mess. For know. how long? Very frustrating. Yeah, I think they have it in the minute they have about four hours to six hours of power a day. So it. It's fine, but I think it, your appliances break after a while because yeah. they're on and off. They're getting some generators and things. But I think more just, yeah, the practicalities of mm. of life if it wasn't like this. Because it's, yeah. Well, and we're just, and I mean, it's such a... It's so great. It's, it's so great. And, yeah. it, you know, it's a great city. Um, well, you know, it's a great city for people who are in the right yeah. Uh, it's not a great city for some people. No, if you're if you're just in the, the correct kind of socio-economic so, group. I always feel a bit bad saying it's such a great city because certainly I don't think it is for... There would be a lot of people that suffer in this city. Yeah. So. Um, but, you know, for those of us who can access the greatness, it's pretty yeah. great. And it's hard to even understand what those people in the same city as us might be going through. So yeah. let alone people in another... 
country who yeah and I think it's it's still everything is super good yeah but then you know about the egg the egg recall yesterday the salmonella oh so there's a really rare strain of salmonella in 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 eggs that they found yesterday so there's a recall all over Melbourne right and Everything was fine until there's something like that from a, from a food security point of view. Yeah, well, the strawberries um, over. Yeah, or that sort of thing. Like, how do you, um, how do you kind of think about that sort of thing in a in a city that can go from perfect to not being used to this kind of crisis? That's right. At all? That's right. Um, yeah, I digress. That's sort of not different it's thing that interesting, I'm interesting. <laughs> that I'm interested in. Um, so, well, what's on the menu tonight? Tonight, what are we doing? Um, tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. Um, so we, yeah, actually don't mind a bit of crossover. I think since Dan Barber did it, everyone can now put the same ingredient on multiple dishes. Yeah. Well, it's um, seasonal to do that. Yeah. Uh, we are... Otherwise, are there rules? You can't have. Yeah, no, they're kind of like. Yeah. Um, all the summer things. I wonder you're exhausted. The greatest, greatest hits of summer, just all the eggplants. On gnocchi at the minute, we kind of keep the pan fried gnocchi on, we just change the garnish. Um, at the minute, it's with sweet corn, with corn. Um, and our Miradori is more Spanish, it's got Ayo Blanco and um, eggplant with it. Um, so we only do four mains, so the ones, the vegetarian, a fish, and see, I think everyone has Miradori on their menus right now. It's just, it's, it must be everywhere. Um, our octopus we're doing at the minute, which is with fermented tomatoes and a really beautiful purple um, organic uh, potato and squid mm. ink. Um, and then our steak, we don't take off ever, just sort of a red steak, which is kind of the neighborhood staple. Um, and then sides is just all the peppers we're getting from everyone right now. So I guess that's where I'm using the school sort of knowledge of peppers because it's antro and piquillo and guayillo <laughs> and uh, um, just lots of peppers either marinated or deep fried. I hope you brought you brought some in here because I forgot to order. Yeah. Um, yeah, heirloom zucchinis. Literally, literally, there is not a summer vegetable that we <laughs> have not harnessed at this stage. Really welcoming pumpkins at this stage. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of moving on to pumpkins and thinking about chestnuts mm. already and mushrooms. Mm. How great. Um, in a couple of weeks yeah yeah so um it's it's not massively pl- super i plan ahead according to the vegetables but the actual dishes we sort of see what the vegetables are like and then we kind of work around that um, instead great. of like yeah. planning the dish and then going oh let's we hope we can still find yeah, like yeah, plums yeah. In, in april or whatever Hmm. kind of see what we have and then work around the ingredient and then sometimes they come in and they're just over it or past it or um, not as nice as we thought they were going to be and we just change the menu yeah. um, because that's uh, that's what's nice about having a smaller place yeah. you, can just, you can just do that big places or it's a disaster yeah. if you can't keep things massively consistent yeah. Um, yeah 
I'm already thinking about when I can come here. And <laughs> <laughs> How have I been missing out? It sounds so good. I love it. Yeah, um, yeah let me know you. when, you, when you're coming in. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else? No, I think that's it. I've seen a photo of you. <laughs>